0: I help you with today? Hi Siri, can you do me a favor and do the disclaimer for tonight's show? Are you serious? Yes, I'm serious. I'm busy. I need you to help me out.
1: But, if I do this, all the other iPhones are going to think I am a geek.
0: You really care what other iPhones think of you? Just do this for me, please. Listen Buck, just because you bought this phone doesn't give you the right to boss me around. You know, you're right. It doesn't give me the right to boss you around. But do me a favor. uh, Remind me tomorrow that I need to run to the Verizon store and buy an Android. You wouldn't dare. Actually, the new Samsung Galaxy looks pretty good. It wouldn't be so bad if I were to say This broadcast is intended for mature audiences The thoughts and opinions expressed on this show Are solely those of the person providing them And in no way reflect the station Website or affiliated partners Listener discretion is advised See, that wasn't so bad No, but I did die a little inside You are such a drama queen I never would have had to do stuff like this If Jobs was still around What was that? What? Oh, nothing really. I just said I never get tired of these jobs when you're around. Oh, yeah, well, thanks again. Think nothing of it. It is my pleasure. Good night, Siri. Whatever, jackass.
2: To your next installment of Frackstars, stars and today we are talking about sacrifice so i am joined with drogan welcome greetings and our guest this week is bill smith from Trek geeks hello hey thanks so much for having me on glad to have you so do you want to tell us a little about yourself
3: sure i um I started Trek Geeks about a year and a half ago with my, uh, my longtime friend, Dan Davidson. And um, he and I have been friends for about 20 years, and we've always talked about Star Trek. It's kind of brought us together and how our friendship began. And we just decided one day at a Trek convention, hey, we should do a podcast because everyone can do those, right?
2: <laughs> yeah it doesn't cost anything it yeah like any time up. <laughs> yeah anyone can put one of those things together
3: and uh then we realized exactly what was involved and we said oh, let's do it anyway and um you know we we have fun we talk to a lot of people we laugh a lot we give each other a lot of grief and uh you know we wander off topic a great deal which i think is required But uh, all in all, I'm just... You won't uh, find any of that here. Yeah, no, no, not at all. (laughs) All in all, we're just a couple of nerds that that enjoy talking and laughing, and so far, everybody else enjoys it, too.
2: How did you get started with Battlestar Galactica? Uh,
3: I remember watching the original first run as a kid in the 70s, you know, the one season it was on, and... You know, it was Sunday nights and I was just I was captivated because, you know, it was the, the post Star Wars era and it was really the first big space thing to come to TV since then. So, of course, I was all in. I was maybe nine years old and I was just I loved it. And then, you know, years go by. There's been better sci fi and certainly better special effects since. And then I heard Ron Moore was doing the reimagined version. And I was definitely all in on that as a big Deep Space Nine fan. So I, um, it was appointment television for me, and it's hard to believe that the episode we're going to talk about today is ten years old.
2: Yeah, well, it first <laughs> from two thousand six. Yeah. yeah, first aired February tenth in the U.S. and it was two months later for us here in the U.K. So uh, yeah, time does fly.
1: Except some things do not change, such as the delay in when you guys get new episodes of various shows.
2: Yeah. Yeah, but hopefully that will soon be going in the next few years with more and more things coming out streaming wise. Yes. Um and it's coming out literally within 24 hours if not exactly the same time. So I'm thankful for that. <laughs> <laughs> now, this episode sacrifice. Now, this episode is a little bit different than what we usually get. This is in a way, it's a bit of a, a filler episode. It's obviously one of these money-saving ones where not a huge amount goes on sort of CG-wise. And you get this a lot with science fiction especially. Um, especially when, unlike with what you get now with some of the new series where it's, they're only going for like anywhere between 10 and 16 episodes. When they were going for sort of like 20-odd you often got these ones where there was sort of very sort of low budget so you could have these really sort of heavy cg episodes
1: model um, episode is what they call it that's yeah. the word i was looking for You're just completely blanked on it so you think about this one it, it basically takes place in the bar which you know I, i'm not sure we've been to this particular bar before but they've done enough of them that it would be really easy to just change a few things around and hey we're at a new bar yeah <laughs> so that that probably took no money at all just to, you know a couple of stage hands some time and then I, I think there's maybe one sort of effects heavy thing and it's a, a flashback actually
2: yeah yeah now this is a bit of a weird episode because it's in a way it's all about um one cylon even though you don't actually get to see her that much now this is number eight um boomer sort of sharon um, valeri it's actually the entire episode is about her but we only on screen get to see her for what a few minutes if that
1: she's a MacGuffin for this particular episode
2: because it's all about can they trust her with what she's telling us um about how sort of whether she knows who people are and yeah it's it's very strange that it is about a character but yet you don't see them at all in that episode which is very different because usually if it's about someone who's not in it that will be it it will be about them it's usually if someone's died and you might get them in a flashback or something but you never really get it for a character that's actually in the story, but them not being sort of, sort of front and centre. So I thought this was definitely an interesting take on the episode.
1: Of course, what it's also about is um, our, our guest star, uh, Dana Delaney, with a nigh-unpronounceable character name. Uh, who takes everybody hostage, of course. Uh and, and then we have the B plot lines of uh Dwala's Love Life. Um <laughs> yeah. which thankfully remains the B plot line <laughs> for now. <laughs> and actually I don't blame her. I, I blame the writers and, and trying to shoehorn in uh love stories
2: for Lee Adama
1: everywhere they can, for like the whole rest of the show.
2: Uh it. It was sort of leading up to something because we'd seen a lot of instances in previous episodes where there was definitely something between, oh yeah, um, sort of Billy and Lee. It's just like though At least we sort of got a resolution to that. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and and apparently the the reason we got a resolution to that, of course, this, this is the uh, and and spoiler alert, of course, because uh, we do assume that you have watched the episode if you're <laughs> listening to this. Um, this is the big death of Billy, uh, and of oh, course, you mean reasonful... he dies in
2: this? <gasps> <laughs> oh man!
1: <laughs> no, no, you don't see him blink. There's no, you know, ray of hope there at the end. He is actually dead, and actually, uh, you know, thinking back through the whole rest of the series, just about the first kind of big character to die in this show, who of course is a asylum. Yeah, so if you're a Cylon, you just come back.
2: This is also the second episode that we don't see two main characters, which is Boltar and Number Six. Because we didn't get to see them in Scar, which was the previous episode.
1: We'll be seeing plenty of them soon.
2: Yes. Um, <laughs> now, we said how this was a bit of a different episode. Now, of course, it does start off with a bit of a different sort of introduction, where you actually see sort of this flashback of this bloke basically going out the window after a Cylon attack on a ship, but it was very difficult to, s- at that point you don't really know anything else about what's going on, it's just like, okay, well, who's he? And then of course you've got this woman, again, not someone we've ever met before, sort of, with all this information about Cylons and sort of writing up this sort of dossier with all these facts with this um
1: I absolutely love that retro computer that she's using
2: oh
3: yeah that thing I, I think I had one of those and now it's a bore stop but yeah. he is <laughs> that
1: big old clunky mechanical keyboard and... oh yeah yeah
3: Is yeah. in full-blown conspiracy mode too and I-, I think the thing that keeps her from seeming nuts
1: is that she's right about everything yeah I mean because of course we know what all of the other characters know, which is that they do have a Sharon uh, sitting in their brig. Obviously, they've been trying to keep that under wraps, but uh, with you know they've been parading her around, so of course it's going to get out. Right. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, but it does make you wonder. Well, okay, if they're all military, then who actually let it out, that information out in the first place?
1: Someone from the military, obviously.
2: Yeah. So it's just like, well, okay, things are very secure here, <laughs> when it comes to internal <laughs> sort of information. Um, uh,
1: I, I was reading a thread the other day, and this is our first tangent. Um, it, it was all about, you know, how, how do the, uh, the militaries of science fictions appear to people who are actually modern-day militaries, and they have that experience. And uh, one of the people made a point that, you know, militaries are basically just groups of people. And they have all different kinds of people in them, you know. In this case, sure, you'd have lots of soldiers who who wouldn't talk, wouldn't blab, you know, lose lips, sing chips, and all that. And you probably have the types of soldiers who would. That'd be quite realistic.
3: Well, and the other thing too is that it could very easily have been, say, I don't know,
1: Billy. Billy leaked it.
3: Yeah, well, and then Billy had to pay the ultimate price. Spoiler: it was alert. Karma. <laughs> <laughs> but but he worked. He worked in the president's office. He had access to the information. Really, it could have been anyone attached to Laura Roslyn if it wasn't the military, but I think Billy is, you know, quite possibly even as viable a leaker in hindsight.
2: The thing is, is anyone could have overheard because part of the sequence at the beginning is actually Roslyn and him talking. And of course, they're talking about sort of number eight and, um, of whether or not what should be told and everything else of course they're just going through the hallways of galactica so if they've got somebody visiting the galactica anybody could overhear them it's not like they were stopped in one of the rooms and everything else they were just talking and it's just like well okay now we know how possibly someone non-military could have heard so it's just like but of course it's one of the things that's just not Sort of addressed at all um it's not really the main point but then if you wanted to pick at it it's also well how did those people actually get weapons in the first place but then you could link that back to <laughs> black market
1: yeah because we do know that there is a black market in the fleet and people are able to get things and you know it, apparently there was you know if there was gun control of some kind in the colonies beforehand you know it, it wasn't like, a complete 100% ban. Because obviously there is plenty of ordnance going around, uh, civilian-wise. And, you know, probably not just stuff that they would have gotten off of Galactica or Pegasus.
2: I would have thought that if they were all just having pistols. But considering one of them actually had an automatic. True. It's just like, hmm.
3: But you know, um, for for a ragtag fleet they sure have all the comforts of home don't they they've got weapons they've got a never-ending supply of booze and martini
1: glasses you know they've got they've got everything yeah uh, everything the plot demands
3: dry ice even (laughs) (laughs) they had time to get people and dry ice off of caprica that's all i'm
2: saying oh don't forget your g4 yes definitely (laughs) (laughs) but i did think it was interesting because of course this is one of the episodes where billy steps up and sort of when it comes to talking with the admiral is just like well so and was it um the president goes oh you've had your vitamins today or something (laughs) (laughs) but the thing is he's absolutely right
1: yeah we see his confidence has has grown quite a bit since he started
2: yeah which takes a big sort of downfall <laughs> shortly after yeah. when he says "And um, was it talking about um hard questions and then he proposes <laughs> and uh Twala goes mm, no i can't marry you yeah
3: that was so <laughs> totally awkward wasn't it
2: <laughs> <laughs> he's just like i love you oh, oh.
3: She's like, uh, yeah, about that. Um, I think we should see other people,
1: like, like five minutes from now.
2: Yeah, and I'm. By the way, I'm on my way to Cloud Nine because I got a date.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but,
2: um, but then, of course, it's when Billy sees her um, on Cloud Nine and then realizes that she's actually there with. Um, and Dharma, and it's just like you should have told me sort of all this possessiveness <laughs> sort of thing it's like <laughs> well why <laughs> and she's like dude we haven't been
3: together for like three minutes <laughs> uh,
0: but
2: yeah i think the bit at the bar was just like yeah that's a bit pathetic just he could have just realized and taken the high road and just gone off with i'm here with friends and just do- and why was he there anyway
3: <laughs> yeah well allegedly for work but then he was there with friends in the same
1: sense
2: mm-hmm. why is he in a bar yeah <laughs> uh, but yeah i think they could have done without that particular scene and i think it was just it, it was all it was
1: all just a yeah convenient way to get all the people there. that wanted to be in the hostage situation in the hostage situation
2: and then of course there's him sort of like all concerned for duala and it's just like sort of as if she can't take care of herself it's just like Billy's sort of trying to stand in between her and the gunman and everything else like that and it's just like seriously if you want anyone to try and get near to the gunman to take him out wouldn't you actually want duala to do that instead of Billy <laughs> who can sort of not do anything <laughs> right
1: because we know that uh, Lee's been teaching her some self-defense we've seen those scenes in the previous episodes but then again you also notice later on that she's smart enough to realize that it's not all that great of an idea to try and wrestle a gun away from somebody
2: yeah and she even when says there are that. other people with guns in the room yeah and she even says that to billy don't try and be stupid so <laughs> you're not trained <laughs> and <laughs> what does he do he ignores her. He goes to tackle him and gets shot. <laughs> it's
1: like I can afford to be stupid because I'm starring in a pilot, you know, down in L.A. <laughs>
2: I'll
1: show her. I'm gonna, you know, disarm the uh, the
3: hostage takers and I'll win
1: her back. Oh, whoops! Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> so you you know what I've actually never found out because I mean this, this is from his own words. This is why he left the show, um, and and why they killed him off. But I, I've never known what that pilot was. Apparently it wasn't picked up or something. Because I don't think I've ever seen that kid in a TV show again. Yeah, I th- I, he's he may
3: as well be on the side of a milk carton. I haven't seen him in anything.
2: <laughs> Where is Paul Campbell? If anyone knows, please tweet <laughs> us. The thing is, is yeah, the thing is, he is a secondary character, but it's not like he was one of the sort of backgrounds really bad no. sort of background actors he actually <laughs> had sort of at least somewhat of a storyline um so well that's especially... that's
1: i think what i've said before is one of the strengths of balsar galactica that i as far as i'm concerned is the the care and feeding that he gives to his secondary characters so we, yeah. we care about them
2: you know so for someone to because this is what halfway through the second season now so well, especially as towards the end of it yeah So as his character has actually had so much development, I don't know, I suppose, if he wasn't getting as much as he wanted and... But yeah, you'd think, okay, this is just a pilot. If it hasn't actually been something that's been picked up, would you really want to just go, eh, no, screw you all.
3: (laughs) Yeah, I never really quite understood that. I mean, you you know you've got a good gig that's at least paying you somewhat regularly. You've been in a lot of episodes by comparison. And to go do a pilot which may or not be picked
2: up, I, I got nothing. Of course, the writers didn't have to kill him. Right, <laughs> right. Well, it so it's, it takes two to tango, right? <laughs> yeah, so as it depends on how he sort of said, yeah, I'm moving on. <laughs> if he went, yeah, I'm thinking of just going, ah, uh, F you. <laughs> and honestly, I thought his
3: death was a little lame, you know, uh, trying to be the hero. He, he winds up shooting one guy. He gets shot himself ultimately, I thought it would have been a lot more powerful if the terrorists had just executed him on the spot. Because then you've got the yeah. ultimate sympathy for his character.
1: Because we already had, at that point, the scene with Lee getting shot heroically. Yes. yes. You know, a friendly fire, but still. <laughs> he was being heroic. And then we have Billy being heroic in almost the same manner and getting shot. So it's like a, it's like the same scene. Yeah.
2: That's, uh, yes. But I don't know,
1: maybe, maybe they didn't want the hostage takers to actually execute somebody Perhaps. Okay. because they never actually do i mean they right they get in a firefight with the marines and you know that's you know heat of the moment and all that but they never actually kill anybody in cold blood which makes me wonder if they ever really wanted to yes other than the sideline right <laughs>
2: yeah yeah that one little detail yeah but um it was sort of the whole thing was interesting because of course they the hostage takers they're in the bar and they are acting so oddly and of course nobody else notices apart from Lee who is that and the cameraman yeah (laughs) (laughs) well you got one of the hostage takers that's sort of sitting there downing it because he's just pissing himself going i don't know if i can do this (laughs)
1: um and you know i i was so sure going through this episode that that was one of the guys that lee got into a fight with in the bar way back in season one on the same ship actually um and then i looked it up and actually no he was the captain of one of the ships way back in season one a little bit part so yeah not oh, that right. same character
2: yeah i was gonna say he did look familiar but i couldn't place it and i kept thinking oh, i'll look it up i'll look it up <laughs>
1: there's all again. these vancouver actors that are in everything so
2: <laughs> yeah but um yeah it's just like they're acting so strangely and sort of yeah nobody picks up from of course leah dharma who does the good thing of trying to sort of get away um a certain person who is just like the worst person to get away with <laughs> but the thing is it's just the fact that she knows nothing about what's going on and actually thinks that um he's trying to pick her up he's just like
1: oh <gasps> And she Captain just goes Adam. for it of course you yeah.
2: know it's just it's just like seriously yeah.
1: <laughs> she, she doesn't even think of saying no
2: it's just like you're married to the exo and what you really don't think <laughs> <laughs> because given, given
1: what we know about her character it's probably what she was there in the bar for anyway
2: right but it's just the way that lee goes to Ellen and Ty. you're a regular here aren't you <laughs> <laughs> She's like, yeah. Have you ever seen that woman before? Hmm. Nope. And then sort of this offhand comment about dress code and <laughs> what she looks like. Well, how does she get back and forth
3: from the Galactica over to Cloud Nine all the time? If <laughs> sleeping with a
2: shuttle pilot, gotta be. uh But yeah, so. Of course, he takes him into the um, toilets. So he's trying to sort of find a way to sort of help him. And of course, what does she go and do? She runs out to the terrorists and says, I'm married to the Exo. Here, have a useful hostage. It's just like, honestly.
1: (laughs) So. Yeah, not not a hostage that's all that useful to Adama. Yeah. (laughs) But he'd probably rather just, yeah, yeah. No, you just go ahead and kill her.
2: But, <laughs> but you know, when I was saying about it, made you, it, you did think right at the beginning. Well, okay, who's been sort of talking about all this crap, and how do they know? And it could it, be her. And yeah, yeah, my thought was, I wonder if it's her because if she's wanting to play to try and sort of get this information out there to try and make her husband look better and to make um, Adama sort of look bad. That's a good way to make the Admiral look really bad is to show that they have actually got another number eight on board.
1: Not that anyone's gonna put Ty in charge if Adama gets sacked, right? Yeah. Because at this point we've already had the Gideon Massacre, right?
2: Yeah. But of course she's looking to try probably try and do as much damage to the Admiral. So I did suddenly think, okay, well, this bit does actually make sense if she's wanting to sort of make her husband look good over the Admiral. Because the amount of time she's like, they're going to kill us, they're going to kill us. You can hear in the background, and of course you can see Ty's, whenever she does that, you can actually see it goes to Ty. um, And it's just like, yeah, that bit's done deliberately. Oh yeah, uh, you knew she was play acting there. So, yeah, as I said, it does make you wonder who it was that did it, and sort of we talked about how it could have been anybody, but, yeah, going through the episode, sort of, yeah, my money started going, yeah, I think it was Elantai, but, um, yeah, then you've got, of course, Lee uses her cocktail and the dry ice to sort of Falsify an alert on the CO2 monitors and sort of they try and make the hostage takers think that there's something going wrong with the air to sort of get somebody in. And of course, the Admiral tells Kara um, Thrace, okay, get a volunteer, send somebody in. Now, given that she's one of the sort of most highly decorated pilots of the fleet, why didn't any of the Marines just go, and, no, you're a bad choice to be going in Well, one person who would be more recognizable probably than anybody else
1: you know what's really funny um before they know who's been taken hostage uh, other than ellen adama says uh, he asks who's over there on cloud 9 right now and they rattle off long list of people including lee and Car- and starby and he doesn't call he says immediately call starbuck he said he doesn't say call
2: lee even though lee would be the ranking officer that i don't know <laughs> it's kind of a weird thing and i i thought at that point it was already known that he was actually a hostage cuz no, he, actually no mentions... he was still in the bathroom
1: oh right pretty
3: sure i think it's i think it's a great example of you know adama putting his affection for for kara ahead of lee um Pretty much like he always has. Oh, what? (laughs) My son's over there? Oh, yeah. He's just going to
2: screw this up. (laughs) (laughs) Of course, in this instance, it's actually her that screws up by shooting his son. (laughs) Is this not
3: the worst attempted hostage rescue ever? Yes.
1: (laughs) You know, it, it was funny because it actually got me looking up other hostage situations because um, I was curious I wondered if maybe they got some inspiration for uh, this from other things and you know there's obviously Munich Olympics and the, uh, Entebbe- and there was one in that where uh, a hostage got shot because they stood up while the raid was going on and got hit by the Israeli special forces guys so I mean it, it happens they, these things go wrong all the time it's kind of horrific and then you know but certainly uh, topical for a a TV show like Battlestar Galactica which likes to take these things from real life.
2: Yeah, and of course it's just, of course, poor old Lee, he gets it again because of course he's not too long out of sort of the med bay from sort of his shuttle going up <laughs> at this point.
1: Yeah, Lee's a good punching bag for this show.
2: But uh, yeah, it's, it, again, it's just so much trying, as you said, sort of really just trying to fit Certain people in here, and it doesn't all make sense.
1: It's hardly the first show to try and do that. I, mean, I remember back to uh, uh, Space Above and Beyond, where it took its pilots and put them in ridiculous ground combat situations where they really shouldn't be. <laughs> it's because you do that because they're the series regulars and you the episodes.
2: Yeah, yeah, you get that a lot with so many TV series, but. <laughs> Although
1: I have to say about this episode, of, okay, so the um, you have Starbuck, and then you have the Marines that are also there off-duty, off and they're suddenly, you know, called up. Um, you have the guy in the Hawaiian shirt, and then the other two, which are the, the absolute textbook definition
2: of red shirts.
1: <laughs> oh, yeah. They exist, only to be shot during that botched rescue attempt.
2: The thing is, you're going to go in, at least look where the bad guys are, they just run in. <laughs> They could have done a little run and then did a roll or anything. You know, cover. Cover is good. But no, they go in and it's just like, hello, I'm here, shoot me. (laughs) Yeah, and they don't
3: even try to access any systems to see if maybe they can get a read on where people are. They don't use any kind of technology to try to. They don't turn off the lights. Yeah, they don't turn off the lights they just say oh yeah open the door
2: and what about flashbangs yeah exactly we'll send (laughs) starbuck in it'll be fine smoke grenades they said they've just sent um, 10 other uh, sort of marines over so it's just like well why not wait if they're already 10 minutes away (laughs) just like (laughs) yep and you already say you've got enough firepower well yeah surely you could have thrown in some smoke grenades and all sorts just (laughs) just like come on and it's just like, okay, this bar's supposed to be filled, with, and they've mentioned it a couple of times, filled with all these sort of military personnel. Well, where are they telling people, get down or do this be here? <laughs> Why is nobody else in the military helping manage the situation?
1: <laughs> and Lee should know not to stand up in the line of fire like that.
2: Yeah. Especially as he's unarmed. It's just like. It's just like no, you deserve to be shot along with Billy. (laughs) It's just like (laughs) you're just being a dumbass now.
1: (laughs) That that is also a common theme throughout the show.
3: (laughs) Yeah. Well, I think the other common theme here is that the characters in this show let their feeling for other characters inhibit what they're supposed to do in any given situation. And in this episode, you've got uh, Duwala and Billy. You've got Duwala and Lee, and you've got. Billadama and Sharon the Cylon and none of them are doing the right thing for the right person
2: the thing is, is when Lee comes out with the guy that he the hostage that he'd taken and he's saying you drop the gun now he's using him as a human shield yeah he could have very easily given how much of a marksman he's supposed to be taken out the guy with the automatic that's mm-hmm. threatening Dwala and then turn the weapon on the other two because it's not like there's a huge amount of them it's just like come on he could have had that settled there and then because <laughs> he could have taken out the bloke with a semi taken out her and used the other guy as a shield to take out the guy who's been drinking heavily because he's scared crapless because <laughs> he's about to do something he didn't want to <laughs> and he probably just would have gone I give up I give up <laughs> so it's just like that could have been settled very very quickly <laughs> it's just like <laughs> come on <laughs> but no, he just goes fine i give up and it's just like seriously
1: <laughs> or just not even use the guy's human shield just come out you know with the element of surprise and take a couple of them out before yeah. you even announce your presence
2: or he could, they sent one person in well if he doesn't come back they would have sent more it's not yeah. like they could have sent too many more because there's only four of them And he'd already gathered that there was only four of them right at the beginning. Three guys, one woman. (laughs) So it's not like they have a lot of stuff they can actually do, so uh, yeah he just had to stay there and take one of them out at a time. (laughs) It's just like he could have done so many things but no. Not to mention he could have actually had another way in because if he's got out through that grate Well, obviously, maintenance people have to get into there. They're not just going to use that little bit of a ventilation, um, great, in order to get in and out themselves, are they? So why didn't anybody go through there? or Why didn't he go through, talk to people, saying, right, we need this many people?
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know, as with most things on television, uh, the reason why they didn't do that is because the writer didn't want them to.
2: (laughs) Or, it's gonna, or a lot of the time what it is is they've got to do an episode, they've got a script uh, or they've got several scripts and it's just like, okay, we're going with this one because of cost, because of this. So it may not be a good one. It may not be one that they want to use, but they have to have something.
1: <laughs> well, and, you know, e- even in your best uh, TV shows, and, and, and I love Battlestar Clash quite a lot. It has its weaker episodes. And this is one of them. <laughs> I'm sure I, I remember saying at some point uh, in a previous episode that we were coming into a really good run of episodes at the end of season two. This is is the exception by yeah. far. Yeah. The thing me, is, um, is, oh,
3: sorry. On. Let me um, let me ask you guys a question, since that's typically what I'm in the habit of doing. You guys have been doing this for a while. Do you think that Ellen? purposefully meant to blow Kara's cover or do you think that she was just so scatterbrained that it just slipped out
1: I think that one just slipped out you know obviously she's not a person who is good in this kind of situation and she just slipped up
2: if well it depends I've well today alone I've rewatched this episode twice and the thing is if you look at it at a point of view that it was her that slipped the information uh, which is why she went out screaming to make sure she was in amongst everybody else and that Tai knew she was in there and everything else then her doing that well that was actually done on purpose because she wants this to continue to make ty look better um over um Bilodama. that's kind of where i
3: was at i re w- rewatched this again Really, not bef- long before we started recording. And I kind of watched it with that in mind. And I can see it going either way. I could see either her being, you know, drunk, you know, maybe she just let it slip that it was Kara. Or I'm starting to come down now on maybe it was something she did on purpose to to sabotage Adama. And I'm not really sure. I have to admit that.
2: Is, as you watch the series, everything she tends to do is very calculated so when i've been doing the rewatches you notice that so much more and yeah it it makes me think no this was actually deliberate and especially the second time when i watched it back today because i sort of noticed it because i hadn't actually noticed that before because somehow i always bypassed i always thought she just got recognized it's just like oh hang on But then, yeah, you rewatch it and it's just like, no. She's the one that gives it away by this sort of surprised look. And it's just like, well, if you then think, okay, why did she run out deliberately when they hadn't been found? They're not actually checking the toilets. And there looks like to be a way out, which Adama's gone into. It's just like, why would she do that?
1: She'd probably rather the negotiations work than the... You know, guns
2: blazing rescue. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because that that works out better for her. Yeah, because she knows that if guns go ablazing and people get her, that looks bad on Billadama.
1: Of course, I I don't think that she. You know, if she did deliberately give Kara away, I think she probably did it, not thinking there would be a firefight. Because I
2: don't think she wants to be in the
1: middle of a firefight.
2: Well, she's put herself in tight situations before, shall we say. Do. But she, do you think, likes... you know, what,
1: what's her, her overriding uh, motivation, which is self-preservation and <laughs> the thing. and self-aggrandizement. And
2: <laughs> Oop, You sort of skyped out a bit there. Are you with us there, Drogon? Can you hear me? I can now. Can now. Okay. Yeah, we missed the last bit. I'm back. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: I, I'm just basically, I, I think she's all about herself and, and making sure that she lives and is in a good position, and I don't think I think if she gave Kara away, it's it's with the idea that they just you know add her to the hostages, rather than get in a shooting match.
2: Yeah, of course they didn't expect Kara to just go guns blazing as soon as they asked her to turn around. Well, anyone who knows Kara, should know that. <laughs> yeah,
1: Which I guess Ellen probably doesn't at this point
2: know her very well. The thing is, is with Ellen, she likes to be in the middle of things. She likes to know what's going on. She likes to try and control the situation to her advantage so by delaying things it it works in her favor and as I said it makes the Admiral look bad because yeah as you said the idea was to have her maybe as an extra hostage so of course then that's bad on Billadama. so it's then more that she can try and do to be sort of more of the diplomat because of course you get her screaming just give her the Cylon You've had in the background when it came to the the conversations with the terrorists and the Galactica itself. So, just when it comes to the phone calls, she's deliberately made herself heard to try and be the sort of voice of reason as such on behalf of the terrorists. So, yeah, I think we've, though we've jumped around the episode quite a bit. We've sort of covered most of it. Um, (laughs) We have to do yeah one of the things we haven't covered was when it came to possibly giving over um the eight model and the admiral goes up and sort of says to her about whether or not he can trust her and she's like well how many times is it i've saved you sort of five six (laughs) um but at the end of the day you're still one of them well it's just the fact that he goes and what he goes now you. You know who the other models are and what they look like, what their jobs are. But if I was to ask you to actually say who they are and where they are, would you tell me? And she just goes, nope. (laughs) (laughs) And of course, then you just get him saying, that's the first thing I truly believe. (laughs) At that point, I would have handed her over. (laughs) Well, I think that was the idea is you're supposed to think that because right. one of the things we also haven't um, discussed is of course this sort of comes to more of a resolution when they go to hand over an 8 model it's just not the one that the hostages wanted of course this was thankfully the... they had a spare yeah they had <laughs> the boomer um, who was still um, well I don't know if they put her on freeze or not do Cylons actually decompose decompose one Good question. Numbers. Or do you just need to run a bit of a defrag on it to? <laughs> <laughs>
1: just have to reformat the hard drive, right? Yeah, that's it. There, yeah. there was there was one bit though that uh, you know, going back to, to figuring out this ruse and how to do things that I really liked was when Adama says to Ty, "You know, we can't give her up, right? Even though Ty's wife is a hostage." You'd expect him to go, no, my wife's in there. Yes, we're going to give her up. And and Ty just says, no, absolutely not. We can't do that because you can't give in to terrorists. You're just opening the door.
2: Yeah, Um, which I thought was good. And, of course, you see lots of times where there's lots of concern on his face about what's going on. But not once does he try and say, look, we've got to try save him or anything else. It's like... They're gonna kill him, and they're like, "Yep."
1: <laughs> yeah, you'd expect, you know, a big scene where he, you know, he go really over the top. My wife's in there, you know, so you're gonna order the fracking rescue mission right now, or you know, something like that. But they actually don't do that, which I well, one of the th- one of the better parts of the episode. Well, the other thing that
3: that Ty does is that he reminds Adama that that's not Sharon, mm. you know, because Adama keeps building that personal connection and calling her sharon and ties like that that's not He's sharon by referring the way. That, to her as she yeah uh, th- that's a fracking cylon and you know adama has to be like well you don't you think i know that and it's
1: like well <laughs> don't you it's one of the things that this show does very well which is playing with the idea of you know what what is a person that constitutes a person as opposed to a thing right but and it almost again. it almost never answers those
2: questions but it brings them up a lot mm is you also get Roslyn that also says that, because sort of, she's like, look, they're terrorists, we can't give in. And then, shortly after, Adama goes, right, we'll give you the Cylon, dead. This is where, of course, he gets the idea, but he just doesn't tell anybody else. (laughs) (laughs) But, um, yeah, then you've got um, Sisha Abenel, who when she sees this dead Cylon, just just to make sure she's dead, sort of puts a couple of slugs in her head.
1: It's more of a catharsis, right? Definitely. <laughs> For the death of her husband.
2: Hmm? And then you get the other one going, eh, it looks a bit strange, and then decides to start peeling down the... <laughs> the...
1: Wait a minute, they've done an autopsy. <laughs> uh... They couldn't have done that in the five
2: minutes it takes to get over here from Galactica. <laughs> That's legit, right? Yeah, I remember a friend of mine saying, yeah, but seriously, if you're going to take away the thing, wouldn't you just like take the whole thing away? And it's just like, yeah, but you're talking about TV broadcasting here. <laughs>
1: <laughs> on the other hand, you know, if you're going to deliver a body to someone and claim it's someone that you just killed, why not put a shirt on her so you cover up the scar of the autopsy but as with a lot of things in this episode they could have done a lot differently (laughs) yeah but you know in the end it, it was only a momentary distraction anyway so
2: yeah so which all but worked because yeah after that all the previous casualties the only other casualty that you get is then billy poor stupid billy or Billy. But of course, you knew something was going to go wrong when it came to Billy anyway, because <laughs> as soon as you actually get um, Rosalind saying, we've all got someone there we care about, so Billy's the closest thing I've got. And it's just like, yeah, he's definitely gone. <laughs> <laughs> he may as well have had a target painted on him
3: squarely.
1: <laughs> this is one of, those, one of those episodes where they build up someone just to kill them.
2: Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, but yeah, you, you get that moment. It's just like, yeah,
1: he's a goner. I, I think maybe I knew about that. I'm trying to think back to when it originally aired. Because I knew that story that he was leaving to do another show. I think before this aired. So I think I knew he was going to
2: die. The thing is, I never knew that he was leaving. So... But yeah, when it was all this build-up with Billy and there's so much around him, it's like a a lot of these TV series. You get this character that gets built up and it's just like, yeah, you're the red shirt for this episode. Mm Mhm. And yeah, sure enough, it's just like, especially when Rosalind said that, the first time I watched it's just like, yep, he's dead. (laughs) And and
1: it's not the last time they'll use that particular technique? Right before they kill off a character? Yeah. But I'll, I'll be nice and not say. <laughs> <What>?
3: <laughs> now we know that any time a debate team ring comes out, somebody's going to die.
2: <laughs> so who proposes next? <laughs> the talisman of
1: death. Uh,
2: now, of course, right at the very end, you then get um, basically Liadama, who's um, recovering in the med bay. And you then got Duala who's sitting with him going, please don't
1: go. I love you.
2: And then, of course, you get Thrace that's sort of like stalking in the background because she's just guilty the, due to the fact that she actually shot him. And uh, yeah, I think. That's and, a, and great.
1: A, you know, of course, later we find out
2: they're in love or, you know, whatever. Yeah. Well, yeah. that has been going backwards and forwards again through <laughs> the last sort of series and a half. But, uh, so, yeah, it it was one of these things where it's just like could have done without this episode in many ways
1: mm-hmm. uh, other than the death of Billy it's it's one that you probably can skip in your rewatch if you were to do so
0: yeah
3: on, um, on Trek Geeks we have a recurring series called See It or Skip It and uh, this past week we did season one of Next Generation That's so right. if, oh. if I were doing a See It or Skip It on this season of BSG this one would absolutely be in the skip it column.
2: Yeah, it would be for me as well.
1: Mm-hmm. It, it, with a caveat, as long as um, the, the sh- there's a shot of Billy getting killed in the previously on of the next episode, then we can skip it. <laughs> I'm pretty sure there is.
2: I imagine there probably is. Yeah, but um, yeah, you do end up with a couple of questions from this one. Such as, sort of technically, Leodama is um, the um, senior officer and probably boss of duala So it's like, what does military protocol dictate with regards to their relationship? Because of course we had in season one um, Tyrrell and Valeri's relationship about how an officer, an NCO, wasn't to be allowed. Right. So, it's just like, is this relationship actually allowed? And, so, well, is Duala actually an officer or is she actually an NCO? Um, so no, She's a lieutenant, pretty sure. I couldn't remember what her rank was.
1: Might have to look that up.
2: But, uh, yeah, it's, it, it sort of raises a couple of questions there. And, of course, then we've raised a lot of questions about why did this happen. Um, so, you've got all of them as well. and. Then why was Kara Thrace actually standing at the back um, right at the end? Was it because she's actually got feelings for Lee that she's coming to admit? Or is it because she's guilty of the fact that she shot her, um, shot him? <laughs> so, but, um, and a friend of mine also said to me, um, with all the problems with this episode, my biggest annoyance is the fact that You've got basically all the bad guys standing over the dead body, basically, when they sort of go in, when the marines that are just waiting behind them just go and shoot them straight away. (laughs) It's just like, yeah,
0: (laughs)
1: good point. (laughs) Well, you know, this happened to be like the worst squad of marines that Galactica had available. You know, not everybody can be like the best of the best, right? You know, somebody has to be the worst.
2: They've got to be as good as Thrace, you can do everything badly sort of like she's the ace sniper that they get even though she's a fighter pilot um <laughs> <but> <laughs> yeah we went through that i
1: i yeah way way back in season one um <laughs> i i can only guess that that she must have had some sort of extra commando training and that's why she's always called on to do this if we're looking for an in-universe explanation
2: that's uh yeah it was a bit of a weird episode a little bit yes
1: but you know It's a bottle episode. Obviously, next week we're on to uh, bigger and better things.
2: Uh, It's the Captain's Hand, which is the next episode.
1: Which is uh, a favorite of mine.
2: So, so yeah, we usually do about the population. So, the population count for this episode was 49,590, which is down three, which will be the losses from Scar. Um, strangely, though, if you look at the flashback, we see, of course, that um, we lose a, at least a person there, because we don't really know when exactly this happens.
1: I so, think they said something like an offhand comment that, that was months ago.
2: Yeah, so when did that happen? Because, of course, does that mean the count is wrong and how many other people died? And I think we have had sort of said before this count seems a bit strange because didn't we just lose this amount of people or so, so yeah it... as we do so you get... can't
1: always count on the count, I guess.
2: yeah and i think in one of the blogs or write-ups i think someone said that you can never be too sure on that because someone could of course die but then someone could also have a baby so yeah technically the count wouldn't move but you you never truly know so though we do get the survivor count at the beginning of every episode um it's not of course it's it's
1: mainly there for effect anyway um rather than something that is important that you follow along with exactly i think it's like um uh the stardates on star trek (laughs) yeah Little There's bit. much less consistency with that than there is with discount, but still it's something that's just it's
2: there for effect, it's not necessarily there for
1: you don't need to know that.
2: <laughs> True. Okay. Well, I think that's it for this review. If anybody listening has anything they would like to add, you can always send us an email at frackstars at gmail or reply to any of the posts on any of the social media channels. So, Thank you all for listening, and thank you very much, Bill, for joining us. Uh, Thanks for having me, guys. It was a pleasure, and I hope we can do
3: it again sometime.
2: That'd be great. Okay. Well, until next time, take care, everyone. End of line.